so today we're at the Association of British Neurologists Annual Meeting Liverpool and this is a podcast to do with the late breaking news section at the ABN Annual Meeting. Uh, I'm David Nicholl from the uh, ABN and with me today is Mark Alul from Tom Solomon's group in Liverpool and really excited to speak to you today Mark because you're one of the uh, ABN fellows. Just by way of introduction, do you want to just tell us a little bit about the project you're doing and then we'll lead on to talking about nodding syndrome? Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm very grateful to be an ABN fellow um, in my first year of my PhD. Uh, I'm also a neurology registrar here in Liverpool at the Walton Centre. So I'm taking a break from my training to do some research uh, in Professor Solomon's group, uh, looking at host responses in encephalitis, uh, both infectious encephalitis and autoimmune encephalitis, and looking for markers that are able to improve diagnosis uh, for the substantial group of encephalitis uh, where we don't find a cause. I mean, this is a really interesting area because there's been just such a plethora of papers on uh, autoimmune encephalitis and you know, paraneoplastic disorders and things, but this is quite different. And can you maybe just explain a little bit about nodding syndrome and what it is and where it happens? Absolutely. So nodding syndrome is an epileptic disorder which affects children um, normally between the ages of 5 and about 15. And... It occurs uh, mainly, the highest incidence uh, is in Uganda, South Sudan, Tanzania and uh, parts of the DRC. And it causes, uh, the, the reason for the name nodding syndrome is it seems to cause atonic seizures where children have nodding of the head, uh, they become unresponsive and then they slowly regain consciousness. But it also causes other kinds of seizures including generalised tonic-clonic seizures and myoclonus. And it's a really devastating disorder. So these children uh, get rapidly more ill, have stunted growth, delayed puberty uh, and it seems to be fatal in a large proportion of cases. So it's a, it's a really big public health issue in those countries. I'm really fascinated by the story and how this got picked up because you know there must have been thinking about all sorts of different things about what was the etiology of this condition basically so can you explain a little bit about uh, you know what, what was when when did the penny drop Absolutely. So there, there are a number of causes or associations suggested, some anecdotally and some in case control studies, including a number of parasites, toxic exposures, genetic polymorphisms. But then it was noted in a few case control studies that uh, a nematode parasite uh, called Onchocerca volvulus seemed to be associated uh, in some quite good case control studies with, with cases more than controls. And that corresponds with the epidemiological distribution of the disease, which is seen in in high prevalence uh, areas for oncocursive volvulus. So, and, and it seems that this has been borne out by further study as well. Okay, so the nematode, where is it found? Is it, I mean, is it in diet? Is it, you know, fecal oral route or how does it get? So it's spread by the black fly vector, uh, which, which breeds in fast flowing rivers. And uh, this fly bites the, the host uh, and during a blood meal, there are uh, microfilarii which are transmitted into the skin and then go into the lymph nodes, adult worms develop, and uh, thousands of these tiny uh, microfilarii come out, uh, infect the skin, and cause a, a severe itching syndrome, uh, and then eventually uh, make their way into the anterior chamber of the eye, uh, causing blindness, which is known as river blindness, which is the common name for the condition. But children with nodding syndrome are, are normally uh, before those symptoms develop, so in childhood when they're first infected and, and this syndrome develops. And that was the real mystery because the, the parasite itself doesn't seem to be neuroinvasive. It's, it's not found in, in brain tissue or CSF and the CSF analysis of these children is normal. 
so the mystery was how is this parasite associated with the disease? Is it actually causing the disease or is there something else going on? And can you explain a bit more then about the, the antibody that got found and, and the work that was done on that? And so the recent paper published by uh, Dr. Avindra Nath's group from, from NIH uh, in Maryland used a new approach to look for antibodies in these patients. So they had a, a, a cohort of 55 children with nodding syndrome and matched 55 village controls to them. And then they used a protein chip which has essentially human proteins spotted onto a nitrocellulose membrane and looked for binding of control and case serum to these proteins. So they found one specific protein called Lyomodin-1, mm -hmm. which had astronomically higher binding for the cases than controls, and then took this forward to demonstrate that this protein is expressed in uh, human neurons, that the antibodies seem to be neurotoxic, at least in vitro, and also that there is uh, similarity between Lyomodin-1 and uh, the tropomodulin protein of the parasite. So really taking it all the way through from discovery of this antibody to showing that there's, there's a potential for molecular mimicry. And what, I'm curious, to what's the time delay, as far as we know, in terms of when the infection occurs and when these children develop their kind of epilepsy syndrome? What sort of time delay has it been? It's very unclear, really, from reports. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, the association has taken some time to uh, become clear itself. So clearly these, some of these children are quite young, and you, you might suppose that the, the reason that they're developing autoimmune syndromes because of exposure during they have an immature immune system or uh, immature CNS in some way but um, I don't think we know fully what that delay would be. And has anyone had a chance to look I mean presumably there's got lots of implications for potentially other infectious diseases which might have a neurological component I mean this you know other questions arise in other groups in many other parts of the developing world I imagine. Absolutely um, I mean, there are a number of other epileptic syndromes that have been associated with, with Onkocerca itself, actually, mm -hmm. and the incidence of, of epilepsy in these countries is extremely high. So one might suspect that nodding syndrome is not the only epileptic syndrome associated with this parasite, let alone other parasites and other, other syndromes. I mean, apart from that, in the Western world, there are a number of syndromes which, we, which seem to have an immune mechanism triggered by a parasite. I mean, the one that comes to mind is NMDA receptor antibody encephalitis being triggered by an HSV encephalitis, which is clearly viral, but there's big unanswered questions about the mechanism of that, whether, it, whether there is some molecular mimicry, whether it's to do with blood-brain barrier breakdown in some way, or whether it's just to do with exposure of antigens uh, due to viral neurotoxicity, and it's just not clear. Just going back to the patient group as well, I'm just wondering what the response has been in the communities affected by this area. Does anyone, is there any work on that yet? Uh, part of the reason I'm asking this is, uh, certainly anyone who spent any time uh, working in Africa realises that there are huge challenges in actually how you just identify epilepsy. So actually how you explain to a group like this that it's immune-mediated is a, an extra order of magnitude. I mean, I would think that um, in terms of looking for antibodies and those kinds of things, I think we're probably some way off that. I mean, just knowing that there is an association and potentially a causation uh, between the parasite and the syndrome is useful because one of the public health measures is invermectin distribution to potential affected patients and also larvicide treatment of rivers and that could be a real driver for, for implementing those kinds of public health me measures and in fact if you compare North, 
the north of Uganda where those kinds of measures have been put in place to South Sudan where for obvious reasons mm. it's been difficult to do that. We have seen decreases in the number of cases of nodding syndrome in Uganda. Um, so there's some evidence that those kinds of measures might be beneficial. I mean that has been brilliant. I mean just for the purpose of listeners, it's probably worth just maybe just repeating the, the paper reference that people might want to look at, I think would be really useful, because I'd never heard of nodding syndrome until this came out, so it's a very exciting area of neurology. So the first author of the paper is Johnson. It was published in Science Translational Medicine, and uh, the full title is Nodding Syndrome May Be an Autoimmune Reaction to the Parasitic Worm Oncocerca Volvulus. That's brilliant, Matt. Well, thank you very much indeed for joining us in this podcast. I'm very much looking forward to hearing your talk later on this afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you.